Hello everyone, welcome back to Bayamara. This is a weekly news show where we'll discuss some of the weird, strange, and just downright odd things that have happened this week in the art and history fields. I'm your host and personal curator, Amara Andrew. This week, it is a very weird week. <laughs> We're going to be talking about a Stonehenge discovered in the Netherlands, a mysterious creature spotted in the Manhattan skyline, and hundreds of mermaids washed ashore in Coney Island. We have all that and more coming up on this episode of Bayamara, so let's get to it. So genuinely, I'm very excited for this episode. I didn't think I would be, but I am. <laughs> uh, so hello, welcome to the show. This is yet another episode of Biomara. This is episode 39. That is wild. Next week is going to be episode 40. I'm spitting. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. Uh, I always just like to start the show with some updates. So personal life updates, really nothing, unfortunately. I Okay. That's a lie. I do have a couple of things. Sorry, my voice. Um, hold on. Let me take a sip of water. So this week we went to the beach, which is really fun. I have a whole little mini vlog on my social medias just because, I don't know, I want to get better at mini vlogging. I just find them so fascinating when people do them. And I just like seeing the documentation of what somebody's day was like and how different people live. I don't know why it's so fascinating, but it just is just to watch people's processes and how they do things. It's just, I don't know, it's just fun. Um, so anyway, we went to the beach and then we went to this, uh, it was Montrose Beach in Chicago. Chicago actually has like really pretty beaches. You wouldn't think it, but they have like really nice beaches, some better than others, but that's subjective. Uh, but we went to Montrose Beach, which I really love. Um, even though Osterman Beach is definitely my favorite, so we should have gone there, but I digress. So we went there and then we went to Unabridged Bookstore, which is a really cute little bookshop. If you're ever in like the Lakeview kind of area, it's so cute. And it's like one of my favorite bookstores in the city. And I got The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. I'm very excited to read it. I'm only a chapter in because I have a whole stack of books. I always do this where I like, I am just working on like one book for a little bit, but then I'm like, oh, I need to read this, 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 and this. And then I have like 20 different books at my library and they're like hey fuck face can we get your books and I'm like oh my god it's too many books and I don't I, don't. I do that all the time where I just I have so many books I want to read and I wish I could read them quickly and just like have them implanted in my brain because I love reading but I just I don't have a lot of time even now I'm just fucking like talking and talking and talking so anyway got that book I love it so far I'm very excited it actually inspired me to start something um in my Etsy shop at buyamara.co in my Etsy shop soon I will have cute little mini greeting cards and I'm so excited to actually finish them it's something I've been working on this week and like during the weekend and I'm waiting on my mini envelopes that are supposed to come so then I can sell those with the cards and oh my god I'm so excited I can't wait um so that's coming to my Etsy shop that's just been something I've working on been working on rather I feel like every time I record it's like super hazy and dark outside but today it's actually dark because of the wildfire smoke like I live in Chicago and I guess it's from the Canadian wildfires which is terrible I, I giggled but it's just like this is insane um and the entire sky is just so dark and you can actually see the the smoke over like trees and houses and buildings and stuff like that it's really creepy um and it's supposed to be nice and sunny and it has been nice and sunny but every time I record it is cloudy and gross outside but this time it's actually because of the wildfires which is terrible so uh everybody be safe out there I do also have two updates for the show. The first one is very sad. Uh, last week we talked about obviously the Titan submersible, I almost said submarine, 
like a sandwich I meant submersible uh the Titan submersible and unfortunately like I said I would have an update unfortunately that imploded apparently uh just because of pressure and all that fun sciencey stuff that I don't understand um but it is absolutely tragic and terrible and shame on you if you're making fun of people who died in this like it shouldn't matter who the people are just it's not cool anyway I went on a tangent last week that I actually edited out because I was like, went a little too, too far. So anyway, I might just edit this out also. It is very sad to hear. Thankfully, I guess everybody, I say thankfully, but thankfully everybody within the submersible died immediately, it sounds like. So you didn't have to suffocate slowly or die of hunger or thirst, which I know many people in the world do. And that is absolutely terrible. And we'll if I could save everybody, I would, believe me. I just, I hate hearing about suffering. So anyway, uh, so that is my update for that. And then I do have a much sillier update, which I wanted to kind of end on. <laughs> uh, so in episode 32, we talked about the student in South Korea who ate a banana, uh, and not just any banana. It was a $120,000 artwork. It's comedian by Maurizio Catalan. It was featured in a gallery and a student in South Korea went in to look at it, ate the banana, took the peel and taped it back to the wall, which I should explain comedian. Comedian is literally just a banana that is duct taped to a wall. That's it. It's very simple. They replace the banana, I think, every two or three days just because obviously produce rots. Uh, so he took it, ate it, tape the peel back to the wall. I do have a few clarifications for that story that have come out now because the media, as always, is sensationalizing everything and getting something not quite accurate. So he wasn't an art student like it was originally reported. He was actually a religious studies student. So there's that. He's a religious studies student who has an interest in art. So there you go. Uh, he also didn't say that he had skipped breakfast like was reported. Uh, and it also wasn't done to protest. I didn't see anything about it being said that he was protesting something, but apparently some news sources said that later on. So I just wanted to clear that up. And then finally, I just thought this was funny in the, the clarifications, the student actually said that he ate the banana, um, and he was virtually nobody before, but after eating the banana, he became a minor celebrity and was featured in the guardian, which is where this came from. So <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was very silly. Um, so yeah, let's just get straight into the show. Archaeologists have uncovered a 4,000-year-old sanctuary nicknamed the Stonehenge of the Netherlands in Teal. The Netherlands. <laughs> the Netherlands. <laughs> so the size of this thing, this expanse, is about four American football fields in size, and it features several burial mounds with the largest having a diameter of 65 feet. The dig in this specific part of the Netherlands in Teal, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, but Teal is what I'm saying, so apologies for mispronunciation. Uh, it began in 2017, the entire dig of this area. So we do know that Stonehenge is made of stones. <laughs> this particular version, which is very similar, and we're going to talk about the similarities in a second. This one, though, was built with wood and soil, and it actually had rows of poles that were along the pathway to be used for a procession. It's still believed, though, that this was a very highly significant place for people, just like Stonehenge is believed to be. Uh, both, I think, are believed to sort of be some sort of 
solar calendar and a lot of different things related to solstices are found across the globe, which is really weird, but really cool. So this site also is believed to be highly significant for past peoples. Uh, It was, like I said, it had some sort of solar calendar, so it aligned with the sun on certain solstices. And then it also served as a place for performing rituals and for burying the dead. Archaeologists found human skulls, animal skeletons, and valuable items like bronze spearheads at the site, and it they were perfectly lined up with where the sun would show through at specific intervals. So, like the summer solstice, uh, winter solstice, all the all the solstices. <laughs> what is the plural of solstice? Uh, they also found the remains, which this was kind of unclear if these were the human skeletons that were being talked about or not, or the human skulls rather. Uh, but there were also the remains of 60 men, women, and children that were found that would have been like for offering. A little too metal for me. The site was used for burials also for more than 800 years. So it, apparently the human remains spanned an 800 year stretch. This was really cool. What was found on the site though? They found a glass bead in the oldest part of the burial field and it's going to get cooler in a sack. The bead was in a grave of a woman who was from Mesopotamia, so modern day Iraq. The bead within this grave is the oldest found in the Netherlands. That is really fucking cool. Glass also was not made in the Netherlands at the time. So this is probably, could you imagine seeing glass for the first time and being like, what fucking witchcraft is this? How is it see-through, but it also is like a thing? I don't know. Just imagine seeing certain material. I do that every once in a while where I'm like, wow, imagine the first person who like thought of using this or doing this or whatever. And uh, just imagining something so just nothing as glass like this. This is, I'm, if you're listening to this, I'm holding up my giant ass water glass, but imagine seeing this where you could look through it, but it could also hold stuff like that would blow my fucking mind. It's just, that would be so cool. I'd be like, how are you doing that? So anyway, the, this little glass bleed, bleed, this little glass bead probably just caused quite a ruckus back in the day. So super brief story. Some of the discoveries will go to the Flipje and Streak Museum in Tiu. Uh, Sorry for mispronunciation. It's very rusty. And then some will go to the National Museum of Antiquities in Leiden. So uh, just really cool. I was mostly excited for that little glass bead that's in a, that was in the grave. I'm curious what kind of symbolism or special quality that the bead was believed to have. Like if it did have kind of a magical sort of quality for people and they were just like, okay, we need to bury this with the person who brought it here or whatever. I have no idea. But anyway, let's just get to our next story. A giant creature was found on the balcony of a Manhattan building this past week. (laughs) And the work was found near the High Line in Manhattan. This is a giant 12-foot tall humanoid sculpture that has yellow skin, bulging eyes, no hair, cute thick eyebrows, I guess you could call them, and a really round face. And it even has like little nips to it. Uh, Even though it's massive, it is very cute. I really like it. I would actually like to have this in my backyard. Uh, This specific sculpture is literally called a creature it is from creature world this particular item in its past life was used to market danny cole's new fashion brand creature world back in february uh and creature world is an nft project that's been in existence at least for a couple years now i don't actually quite know how long uh but creature world it's just all of these creatures that are 
bald, round-headed figures with different backgrounds and stuff like that. Uh, so this specific sculpture, though, like I teased, it had a previous life where it was at the fashion show. But Danny Cole, who's the creator of Creature World, he wanted to extend the life of the original foam sculpture. So he used the sculpture as a cast, covered it in a hard shell, and then poured in steel, which is exactly what we saw in the Manhattan skyline. We, like I was fucking there. What people saw in the Manhattan skyline. <laughs> and there's an entire video of the installation of this on Danny Cole's Twitter. So you can go check that out. I think he's just Danny Cole on Twitter. <laughs> it is really something. Uh, so Cole and a group of friends, they used a, or a group of friends, a group of people, I don't know, friends, foes, whatever, but they used a crane to install this creature on a balcony of the building in Manhattan, like I said, and it's an apartment building, mind you. Allegedly, for legal reasons, Cole can't say whether the building was in on the gag or not, but it kind of seems like they were, especially because they issued the following statement. Quote, the building embraces the artwork and the developer, Jeffrey Levine, concedes it may have found a new home, end quote. So it feels like there was some sort of discussion at least about it, or if not, the developer is just really fucking cool and it doesn't make sense, but whatever. Uh, some people on the team, though, when they were installing this sculpture, they received trespassing charges from police. <laughs> but, quote, we were able to make it to the finish line, end quote. Again, a very brief story, but it was this kind of gorilla style marketing. Like I had seen the creatures NFT or creature world. I keep calling it the creatures, but I've, I had seen the creature world NFT project before. And actually most recently at VCon, they had a whole little booth, which was really cute. And they had this little hat thing that had ears. So it looked like you were bald. It looked like a weird Teletubby without the little doodad sticking out of the middle. And they even had like ugly sweaters that had the creatures. On. I don't know. They're doing a really great job. So this was yet another style of clever marketing on their part. Additionally, this Cole guy sounds like a trip. He also did other things. Like I think it was in 2021. He covered the O in the Hollywood sign in LA with a painting of a cow that he had made in someone's backyard, which I was like, that's pretty amazing. Uh, they were pursued by police, both on foot and with a helicopter, and eventually landed in jail. This guy sounds like somebody I'd like, love to party with, just because that sounds like my kind of entertainment and fun. Uh, but yeah, like I said, you can check out the whole video on Danny Cole's Twitter. I just thought it was something really fun. It's something unique to that not a lot of NFT projects are necessarily doing, but I really like the the mixture of the digital with the physical. And it's just, it's very entertaining, I'll say, just because if you're walking down the High Line in Manhattan and then you look up and you're like, what the fuck is that? I just thought it was fun. So if you have an NFT project, uh, consider doing something fun like that. And Danny Cole, if you want to party, then I don't know. On to the next story. <laughs> I should have chosen something a little bit more tropical and beachy and mermaidy for our final story, but you know, whatever. <laughs> this really has been the year of the mermaid because you have Disney with their reboot of The Little Mermaid. There's a Netflix docuseries that I am dying to watch. Jeff is a little bit more hesitant to watch it. It's called Mer People, and it's supposed to trace. Like, I'm not a mermaid gal. I've never been a mermaid gal, and I, I don't quite. I understand it. I am not a mermaid person. I'm very much not a girly girl, if that makes sense. So I'm not 
I've never really been into the whole mermaid thing. I appreciate the art form though, which uh, we will talk about in a second. But anyway, there's a docuseries on Netflix called Mer People and it looks interesting. I'm very curious. I just like studying people because I find it fun. Anywho, uh, so like I said, you're the mermaid. We had Little Mermaid, Mer People docuseries. And now there were a flock of hundreds of mermaids that were spotted in Coney Island. <laughs> Of all varying shapes, sizes, and colors, the 41st Annual Mermaid Parade is the nation's largest art parade. I had never heard of this before, and I want to go next year. I am going next year, and I'm going to dress like a fucking mermaid, and it's going to be great. The Mermaid Parade. So I said 41st Annual, and that's right. This started in 1983 as a way to kick off the swimming season, which is an amazing way to start. I love it everything about this like I love how fucking weird and kooky this is in the best possible way I say weird but I'm I love it like I mean that as a term of endearment so anyway I'm so passionate about this parade I guess (laughs) so the parade is produced by the community arts nonprofit Coney Island USA which is the name of it I guess alongside the Department of Cultural Affairs DCLA Every year, there's a crowned King Neptune and Queen Mermaid, and I guess the Queen Mermaid was the DCLA director or something this year, which apparently the person is not well-liked, but I digress. I have no idea. The parade route starts on Surf Surf Avenue, the main drag, and then it starts at Surf and West 20th Street, and then it goes all the way up to 10th Street, where then they the mermaids emerge onto the boardwalk. They're washed ashore. They ha- end up on the boardwalk, and then they go to Steeplechase Plaza, where the parade kind of like ends and disbands and everything like that. You need to look up pictures if you are listening to this. If you're watching the video version, I have pictures up here, and you can see some of the costumes. These are fantastic. I really love this. Uh, but if you're listening to this, please Google mermaid parade coney island and it's fucking it is worth it it is well worth it there is a little bit of nudity so just fyi in case you're not into that uh just just so you're aware (laughs) you see many different bodies of many different people and it's glorious so people are dressed like i said in all manner of different things some people are dressed in just aquatic garb so like they have a captain's hat and a coat and shit like that some people are dressed as lobsters there was one who was on rollerblades dressed as a lobster which I was like oh my god that's amazing a lot of people dress like mermaids obviously uh just varying anything nautical related people were dressed in and in varying things like somebody was just literally only wearing a speedo and a fishing net thing and like literally a net not like ooh sexy but just like a, a net with like a fucking fish in it it was amazing I loved I keep saying it was amazing I genuinely loved it though just how odd this is so after the parade I think that they said the parade starts at one o'clock and it's like one to four is the entire event kind of thing after they do the parade party on the boardwalk for a little bit then they go down to the beach and then there's an official beach ceremony that takes place where the ocean opens for the swimming season apparently (laughs) so that is quite a way to start the swim season in anywhere and I really think we need to bring that to Chicago also because that would be fucking amazing uh So like I mentioned, this is the largest art parade and it truly is like the costumes are absolutely spectacular. I can't I keep saying it, but it just genuinely is like I love seeing all the creativity. Apparently, a couple of people 
they took uh, a couple weeks to make their costume. A couple people took a couple months, which I was like, this is amazing. So I don't really have a point other than this is just really cool. If you're into mermaids or just want to let your freak flag fly, again, I say that in the most wonderful, respectful way possible. You should go check this out next year. So June 17th about is when it looks like it happens. So I will probably be there next year. You do have to pay to get in. Um, I believe I think it's like $30 or something like that. So it's not too expensive, but just keep that in mind. And you can register ahead and they have floats and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I will probably be there next year. So anyway, that was this it for this episode of Bayamara. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please like this episode if you liked it. And if you'd love to be a mermaid, let me know in the comments below because maybe you can change my mind. <laughs> uh, and please subscribe if you like this. A lot of people who listen to the show are not subscribed and that's totally fine. You do you, but I would appreciate it and love you forever. I'll love you forever no matter what. So don't worry about that. So anywho, subscribe please. And uh, I'm Omara Andrew. Never stop creating. Zumba!